Matt Mosley, Stephen Simcox. Wednesday afternoon, gorgeous Wednesday afternoon, 424. And uh, we got a big Baylor game coming up. First road test of this season. Bears go into Morgantown, and they will play West Virginia. And uh, I, I would say one of the tougher game day uh, environments out there, except for during a pandemic. It's uh, it's not really that way. And we're joined now by a man I've known for uh, quite a few years, covers the Mountaineers for Blue and Gold News, also director of PR and content at the luxurious Greenbrier. The Greenbrier, a place I had the pleasure of staying and meeting this man years ago, Cam Huffman. Cam, welcome to the uh, Matt Mosley Show. Matt, thanks for having me. Great to hear your voice. Well, I uh, good to hear yours as well. I, I, what, what is it? I mean, the environment. Baylor had about I don't know eleven thousand fans at their game. What are they allowing? at uh, West Virginia, and uh, what, do you, what do you think? I mean, I would say in a pandemic year, boy, you catch a big-time break when you go on the road to West Virginia and you barely have anybody in the stands. Yeah, no, but no doubt about it. it they're, um, they're only limiting it, it to kind of family and friends of uh, the players, so it's going to be a very small crowd. Uh, they did announce that the, the Kansas game here in a couple of weeks, they're going to open up to, to 25% capacity, but uh, for, for this weekend, there's only going to be probably a couple hundred people. So, so yeah, Baylor definitely dodges a bullet there with the, the passionate Mountaineer fans. What do you remember about that? Uh, I, I kind of have memories. They come and go of that 70-63 to 63 ball game a few years ago. Of course, that was during the Bryles era for Baylor. Geno Smith was, a, was the great quarterback for West Virginia. I'm sure you were up in the press box for that or in the stands. Uh, yeah, I know you do it either way there because you're a West Virginia alum. What, uh, what do you remember about that day? Was that, one of the, uh, was that probably one of the wildest things you've ever witnessed? It, it absolutely was. I mean, yeah, I remember that day well. It was actually my first game back. I had uh, lived in South Carolina for about seven years of working down there, and I moved back to West Virginia that year, and that was my first game back. And I had a welcome back with that game. And, I, and I, the thing I remember most was kind of everybody sort of looking at each other because that was West Virginia's first Big 12 game, and everybody was kind of looking around at each other saying, is, is this what the Big 12 is going to be like all the time? It was, it was one crazy game for sure. You remember they uh, they had the fans. They had threatened the fans. They were like, "You guys better be nice to all these Big Twelve people. We're new to the conference." And my parents uh, attended that game, and they said they the West Virginia people could not have been nicer. I think it was a good that Baylor got that introduction on an eleven a.m. game. People weren't quite as lubed up, perhaps, as they would have been for a night game. But they they said the West Virginia fans could not have been nicer. Yeah, it's, it's really funny. I think West Virginia fans over the years have gotten a reputation for being kind of almost like uh, Philly fans or some of the way they treat opposing teams. But it, but it really has changed the Big 12, I guess, because there's just not those those long-standing rivalries. They haven't grown to, to hate most teams, so they, so they really have uh, 
embraced all their, their, their new friends in the Big 12. And, and that's kind of lasted from that game. But, yeah, I remember, like you said, that was a, that was a huge push for that game to try to make sure we, we welcomed everybody the right way. <laughs> Cam Huffman joining us. Blue and gold news covers West Virginia has for uh, for many years. Uh, what What is uh, – before we get into some of these players, because you've got a quarterback uh, uh, a Texas product that we want to talk about uh, at West Virginia, but Neil Brown – what have you, in year two, uh, from a culture standpoint, Holgerson is Holgerson. We all know what he was like. In fact, you got to visit with him just a, uh, a couple of weeks ago when we thought Baylor and Houston were going to play. What, uh, what, what are the kind of the most major uh, changes you've seen in terms of just the culture of that, uh, of that football program? Yeah, I think one of the biggest things that Neil Brown has been able to do is kind of reunite the the, uh, the fan base a little bit because, as you said, Dana's Dana, and he was he was kind of either people either loved him or hated him, and there was really no in between. And the uh, the WVU fan base, I feel like, was sort of divided on that, and it kind of drove a wedge between people. And um, I think Neil Brown has has done a great job of reuniting him, reuniting that that fan base. And you know, I, I think it, for for a long time, West Virginia fans. Neil Brown kind of harkens back to the days of Don Nealon, who, who coached West Virginia for, for 21 years in the 80s and 90s. And I think um, longtime West Virginia fans kind of like to see the program going back to that way where he's just a, a classy individual and does everything first class. And, and, and that's not a shot at Dana at all, but I'm just saying that, that the way he the way he does things, um, everybody can get behind, and he's really embraced the history of, of West Virginia football and, and learned it quickly. And he's, speaking of Don Nealon, he's embraced him. He's brought him into the facility a lot. Had him kind of, kind of address the player, so everybody is behind him. And you know, it wasn't record-wise; it wasn't the best thing last year, but uh, they, they got stronger as the year went on. And I think everybody can kind of see uh, see what's building there. And, and Neil Brown uses the, the motto "trust to climb" every, all the time. And I think fans are are kind of behind that that climb, and, and they do trust it. You now, how long that lasts, I don't know, but but, but so far they're they're still behind him. Trust the climb. I like that. That may be my new slogan, Cam. Um, may may have to embrace that a little bit. Now, back then, you had Stedman. You had Tavon. Got to see Tavon uh, with the Cowboys a little bit. Saw him with the Rams over the years, putting up enormous numbers. Now, Jarrett Dagey comes in there, transfer quarterback. Um, what do you see from him? And, and talk to me about some of these skill players uh, for West Virginia. If, if somebody – uh, is is going to go all the way? Do you have some? Do they have some home run hitters on this team? That's the thing that Neil Brown has really been talking about that he's searching to find. Um, the, the offense last week against Oklahoma State showed some some progress. They did some good things, but they haven't really found that big play potential yet. Um, so that, so that's what they're, they're kind of searching for. Uh, one guy who has really stood out stood out is the running back Letty Brown, who was going over 100 yards uh, two weeks in a row. Uh, the last last the whole time under under the Neil Brown era, running the football has kind of been an issue. But they, they've uh, their opener against Eastern Kentucky, which uh, Eastern Kentucky was was Eastern Kentucky. I'm not sure they they even had a defense on the field for some of the game. But they put up big yardage then, but then backed it up against a good Oklahoma State defense. Uh, and Letty went over 100 yards in that game as well. So they feel like they've made some progress running the ball a little bit. Um, but uh, you know, Oklahoma State had some some pretty good corners out there, so they couldn't they didn't really hit them the deep ball much. So that that's what they're they're looking to try to improve on this week. And Deggy's uh, been good. I think uh, fans are, are really behind him. Obviously, Austin Kendall came in as the Oklahoma transfer last year, and everybody thought he was going to be the uh, the future quarterback. And 
it didn't work out that way as, as Kendall really struggled and Vega got his chance at the end of the year because they didn't want to use up his red shirt. He performed well and, and winning a few games down the stretch. And he's been good this year, too. Uh, he was really pressured really heavily against Oklahoma State. So he, he stood in there and was tough and made some throws under pressure. But I think uh, it, the coaching staff would like to give him more of a clean pocket and see what he could do if, if he has some time to throw. Talking to Cam Huffman, covers West Virginia football, blue and gold news, and does a great job recruiting, all that kind of stuff. Uh, the kick coverage, you better watch out on that one, Cam. The uh, Baylor has got him trusting Ebner two kickoff returns for touchdowns. Never happened in the history, in the great history of Baylor football. I don't know, I may be, I may be stretching the great part. <laughs> but in the history of Baylor football, it's never happened. Treston Ebner getting outside, erasing angles. How big of a focus do you think he'll be for that? Uh, I, I, I mean, I would almost kick it out of bounds before I'd kick it to that guy. Yeah, there, there's no doubt. Uh, Neil Brown yesterday in his press conference brought him up early in, in Austin. Um, that's definitely a focus for him. The kick coverage for West Virginia has been really good under Brown. That, that was a problem at times under, under Dana Hogerson. It's been really good since Neil Brown got there. But uh, they did give up one for a touchdown against Eastern Kentucky that was actually called back on a on a hold that, that, that wasn't even needed. But so I think that has Coach Brown a little bit uh, a little bit worried. So I'm sure that's going to be a focus in practice this week, whether they kick it out of bounds or what they do. I know they're going to try to kick it away. Hey, Cam, uh, your other gig is, uh, or maybe your main gig, is over at the Greenbrier. And, boy, I uh, experienced it was, a, uh, it was an eventful few days for the <laughs> Mosleys when they were at the Greenbrier because of a 100-year flood. We'll get to that in a second. But I, the, uh, the 49ers come in there for kind of a, instead of going all the way back to San Francisco, they, they hung in there. And after playing the Jets, they stay there. Um, I, I know I heard an uh, interview you did. You, uh, other teams have done this before. But uh, how interesting was that, to have the 49ers on campus during a pandemic? I'm sure there's all sorts of additional things. It's already tough to accommodate an NFL team. But in a pandemic, I bet you had to go above and beyond. It was. It was. It was quite an experience, and not only from our perspective, but from the 49ers' perspective, they they committed to doing this pretty early on. But the paperwork they had to fill out with the NFL to to get it approved was was enormous. It was a pretty crazy process. A lot of rules in place, obviously, to try to keep everyone safe with the pandemic. But I think they had a fantastic week, and it was it was kind of interesting to see. As you said, we've had some other teams do that. We had you know, training camp with the New Orleans Saints and the Houston Texans, and we had. The Arizona Cardinals stopped by for a week a couple few years ago in the season when they had back-to-back East Coast games. And every team has treated it a little bit differently. Some people, some coaches let their players go out and really experience the Greenbrier and all there is to offer. And some coaches wanted to stay in their rooms the whole time. But the, uh, the 49ers really embraced it. I think it was almost sort of a, a celebration for all their, you know, their ownership group was there and, and everybody was there. And I think it was kind of a celebration for everything they achieved last year. They really enjoyed themselves and had a great time. Went out and played a great, great game on Sunday. So uh, we're hoping they'll they'll be back sometime. I know they'd like to be, and, and it's really becoming a, a great destination for NFL teams when they do have East Coast games. I think they were excited that y'all rented that, uh, or they uh, were able to have that bowling alley all to themselves, the old bowling alley there, and and uh, I think that was a lot of fun for the uh, for the Niners and for people that don't know, Cam, y'all have how many like practice field uh, fields available? I mean, in in some way y'all can almost create a bubble there it's not quite like what orlando does but you do have some gorgeous facilities for these nfl teams to use 
We do. We have uh, we have two grass fields and a turf field, and we have a, a sports performance center that has you know, weight rooms and locker rooms and training rooms and, and offices for the coaches and everything you need. So, yeah, it's a great it's a great spot for teams to come. And, and you know, during the whole COVID day, kind of the beginning of it, when when nobody knew quite what was going to happen, we heard from almost every NFL team out there. They're trying to figure out what their plays were going to be and what their options were going to be. So, uh, word has gotten out about it. So. Uh, Hopefully we see more and more NFL teams come and utilize it. It's a, it's a great experience for them. Not only do they have these these amazing facilities that you talked about, but they can. it's a great team bonding thing. They can come, like you said, and, and golf together or bowl together, go to the casino together, whatever it may be. And There's nothing else to do in, in White Sulphur Springs, West Virginia. If you're, if you're at the Greenbrier, you're, you're together. So I think teams have, have been able to use that as a great bonding experience for, for, the, for the players. Well, I tell you, I, I enjoyed my stay, and, of course, that flood happened. And, Cam, it's not a uh, – every time I hear the green buyer, I, I think of you guys, and I think of uh, you, you helped me you help me escape. Uh, a, uh, you, you never want to escape the green buyer except if there's no air conditioning in the summer and you got tanks rolling into town. The National Guard was coming in as we were leaving, and then there was no gas within 50 to 100 miles, and you found a way to gas me up and get us out of town. Uh, just know I, I'll never forget that, and I, uh, I appreciate it. I cannot wait to get back at a time when maybe you don't have a 100-year flood. <laughs> yeah, we would, would certainly love to have you back. That, that was not a, great, a normal Greenbrier experience, I can promise you. I, I definitely <laughs> wanted to get out of town with you at that point. It was, uh, I'll never, <laughs> it was quite an experience. I'll, I'll never forget it, though. You know, it's an unforgettable experience. But, uh, Cam, uh, best of luck to the Mountaineers on, uh, on Saturday, and uh, we will be in touch. Thanks for the great information and insight. Absolutely. should be a great game. Look forward to it.